You're listening to the Look Right Naked podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bach. This is the podcast for men and women who want to look right naked without living in the gym. If that sounds like you, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Hey, hey, Eric Bach here with the Look Right Naked podcast. And today we're going to talk about why you're not getting lean, muscular, and athletic, even if it feels like you are doing everything right. And before we do that, one, if you're getting value directly from the show, please do me a favor, drop me a quick review over on iTunes or Spotify. Or if you're checking this stuff out on the replays we have over on Instagram, drop me a comment. Or on YouTube, same thing, drop me a comment and hit subscribe because we want to keep this podcast ad free, keep drill living the value as much as we can. So if you are getting that value, hey, show us a little bit of love so we can keep it going in the right direction. Now, before we jump in to today's podcast, quick story. One of my clients is a semi-pro professional golfer. We're talking about the process that he goes through when it comes to optimizing for golf. And uh, he was saying that most golfers think that hitting irons on a perfectly laid out driving range and trying to hit a pin is going to be the best thing that's going to help them prepare for the chaos of play. When the reality is the average golf course has tons of emergencies, wind, different grass length, elevation, unlevel lies, pressure of competing, water, sand. And so he went on to say, when you only practice in perfect conditions, you're woke unprepared for what happens in the real game. And evening before his first major junior tournament that he took, his father took him out and he put him in a tough spot. He put him on the edge. He was in the pine straw. He had trees overhanging and he just hit golf balls there most of the night. And so he practiced multiple shots around trees on different surfaces until he felt confident in these difficult situations. And he reflects back and said, this is the first big tournament that he won. And it's because he practiced even when imperfect circumstances came up. Life is the same way. You see, a lot of people want to get lean. A lot of people want to get healthy. They want to lose fat, optimize performance. Hey, they want to start a business. They want to do anything different than they currently. They only wait or they continue to wait until that perfect time arises, until they're not busy, until it's a better time of year. The reality is we're always going to have these obstacles. Life is always filled. The key to getting results in anything is finding a, a practical and sustainable way to overcome that adversity, to engage with the environment when circumstances aren't perfect, and be adaptable. You see, your brain, your body is not built for perfection. They are built for adapting. And the blueprint for success in anything is to learning how to adapt to an imperfect situation. And so if you get into the point where waiting for perfection throws you off when it comes to taking care of your health or you're always waiting for a better time, what you need to understand is a better time is not coming. You've got to be able to take action and, and make better choices even when those circumstances are not always perfectly aligned. And if you build that skill set and that's something that being in the gym can really teach you, you start to build that adaptable willpower to conquer anything else in life. It's such a profound change. All right, team. So if you're watching this on video real quick, I got something in my eye. My wonderful 90 pound golden retriever, Sonny, was uh, was in the room and I'm pretty sure I got a dog hair in my, uh, my left eye. So anyway, that shouldn't affect the audio, but my eye may look a little bit irritated if we are directly over on, uh, on YouTube. And so here's what we need to know about getting lean, muscular, and athletic. A lot of people want to build the ultimate body. They want to get stronger, leaner, athletic, all of this stuff. But many people do it by going about it the wrong way. And they are lacking a base of strength. They're lacking a base of strength. They want to use all these advanced training tactics and measures because they're fancy. They see some cool shit on Instagram. They join an exercise class. But reality is they do not have the foundation to make these things work. And so what we need to understand is if we would think about building our best body, it comes like a triangle. And that baseline foundation is built on strength and movement capacity. And so if we want to do all these advanced like training measures, we have drop sets, we have supersets, we have high intensity, we have finishers, all these things, all are going to be made exponentially more effective 
If we focus on the basic components first and building that incredible foundation, what we need to think about is how can we build that foundation? Why is the strength component so important? Well, let's talk about a few specifics. And building strength will make you more explosive. It builds a base for speed, power, and athleticism, right? It's about force production. Building strength will give you the ability to build more muscle. When you can recruit more muscle fibers, it's going to help you get more work capacity and, and do more work directly in the gym. And frankly, strength is important to losing fat and preserving strength while you're trying to get leaner is absolutely crucial if you want to ma maximize your metabolic function and have a strong lean athletic body instead of losing muscle and being skinny fat. And so that's what we need to emphasize. We need to shut up and get strong. So when it comes to building strength, there are multiple types of strength. We have absolute strength and we have relative strength. Absolute strength is your one rep max. How much can you lift for one time? And we have relative strength. How strong are you for your size? We want to be able to develop both of these qualities when it comes to looking, feeling, and performing our best. And so let me break them down a little bit more individually. First, people who are generally smaller in frame, who have less body weight, are going to be relatively stronger than somebody who's bigger. All else being equal. Simply just the way that it works. Just physics, right? But what we need to think about is when we build absolute strength, we can build relative strength. So as an example, let's say you have somebody who wants to run faster. If you want to be able to run faster, if, if you build strength in an absolute sense, say you get stronger in a squat, in a deadlift, you're going to be able to put more force into the ground. You're going to be able to propel yourself through space easier because you generate more force with your muscles, especially if your body weight stays the same. And so for example, somebody who maybe wants to be a runner who wants to get in better shape there, a very simple baseline thing to do is build a baseline of strength. When you do so, you're going to be able to go you know, be able to create more force on every single step, propel your body through space easier without expending as much energy. But different examples there when it comes to building absolute strength, yeah, we want to be able to lift a heavier weight for more reps. And so if you take your squat from doing 200 pounds to doing 400 pounds for a set of three, well, guess what? Because you've increased that overall absolute strength, one, you can bet your ass that you're going to build some lean muscle but at the same time, you're increasing your ability to do more work, right? And so because we're going to have those increases in terms of absolute strength, that's going to play a big difference. Now, if you're somebody who wants to, you know, look your best, but you're also focused on moving your body through space, it means running faster, being able to go on hikes, being able to play sports, do all that stuff. Yeah, we want relative strength as well, right? And so, yeah, we want the component where we're focusing on building maximal strength, where we have a key lift that we're focusing on a couple times per week. But when we can focus on that relative strength, maybe through doing bodyweight exercises, through maximizing you know tension on things like chin-ups, on push-ups, working on single leg variations, that's going to also create a little bit more carryover to the specific things that we want to focus on, right? And so what we need to think about across the board, building strength is going to improve all those physiological qualities. And we can build two different types of strength. We can build our absolute strength, how strong we are for like one rep. So somebody with a higher absolute strength might be a NFL offensive lineman. And then we have relative strength, how strong we are for our size. That's going to help more when it comes to improving our ability to move our body through space, right? So those are the differences that we need to focus on. The majority of people are not as strong or as advanced in the gym as they think. And what happens is they end up taking different training tools and ideas and programs that are way too advanced for where they are. One way that we can focus on strength is by what we call setting strength standards. Strength standards are basically benchmarks from different exercises where you would share them with other weightlifters and really create a hierarchy, right? I think back to being in a, in a high school and college weight room where you have kind of the lifting board. You've got everyone who's in the, you know, 400 pound squat club, 500 pound squat club, whatever it is, right? And so these are different standards that we set. When we have strength standards in the gym, 
what they do is they help give us a pretty good idea where we are in terms of our skill level. And so, and so we want to look at skill level. We really have three terms that we use. We have somebody who's a beginner, somebody who's intermediate, and somebody who's advanced. What I'll do is I'll break down a couple different examples. But what I want you to understand here is if you have a number of exercises where your numbers are in one area, that's a pretty good indication of where you are. If you have massive gaps, Say, for example, you deadlift three times your body weight, but you can't bench press your body weight. Well, you're going to see huge gaps in your training that's going to help you lead to improvement. And when you have a better indication of your level, it's going to give you a lot better idea on the types of programs that you should follow. Generally speaking, somebody who's newer to being in the gym is going to be novice, untrained, a beginner. They're going to be weaker. And a very basic rudimentary barbell-based strength training program is going to be perfect for getting better results. Whereas if you get more advanced, you have great levels of strength, then some more advanced tools like rest, pause training, clusters, some of the advanced stuff that we talk about are going to be a better fit. So let me run down. And these numbers are from a number of different places and, and really some standards that I've seen personally and had, you know, with, uh, with the people that I've worked. So bench press, right? If you're a beginner, you're probably doing about 0.75 times your body weight, women about half your body weight. An intermediate guy, 1.25 times your body weight, women 0.75. And then guys, if you're advanced, say if you weigh 200 pounds, you know, 1.7 times your body weight, that would be a bench press about 350 pounds. Women, about one times body weight. So that would be for the bench press. Examples for a squat would be men, one times your body weight. So if you're 200 pounds, you should be able to do a squat with 200 pounds. Women, if you are 150.75 times your body weight, I'm not even going to do all the math right there, but I'll let you run through that. What's it? 115, 125, somewhere in there. That's what would be, again, kind of a beginner. If we want to look intermediate, men for a squat, 1.7 times your body weight. Women, one times body weight. Men advanced, two and a half times body weight. Women, one and a half. Um, I'll run through just a couple more of these. I don't want to just throw numbers at you to death, but you can start to see where your body weight is relative to these numbers. And so a deadlift, somebody who's untrained, a man, 1.25 times your body weight. Women, 0.7 times your body weight. Men, intermediate, 1.75 times your body weight. Women, one time your body weight. So women, if you are 150 pounds deadlifting and you're deadlifting 150, that would probably put you in the intermediate category. Men, 2.7 times your body weight for a deadlift for one. Women, 1.7 times your body weight for one. So again, the example there, shit, man, if you're 200 pounds, 2.75 times that, we're talking 550. So a lot of people are following advanced programs when they do not have the baseline levels of strength to support these things across the board. And then we look at some other exercises. We can go over overhead press, pull up, chin up, hip thrust. But what I want you to understand, I'll give you pull-ups and chin-ups for an example. Like men, if you can't do a chin-up, beginner, women, same thing. If you're intermediate, men, five to 10 chin-ups, women, one to five. Men, pull-ups and chin-ups, 15 to 20. If you're advanced, women, five to 10. What we want to look at for a lot of these things is understanding that these strength levels, they have a lot of nuance to apply. If you have a higher body weight, some of the body weight-based exercises are going to be a lot tougher, right? So if you're 250 pounds and you've been training for years, you might not be able to do 15 to 20 pull-ups simply because that's a lot of weight to move. Some of the other strength parameters are going to be in your wheelhouse. So the idea here is to think about where am I at in alignment with these trends? What is going to be the best fit going forward for me? And if I'm a lot weaker than I think, I probably need to simplify my training. If I'm a lot stronger than I think, then I might be ready for some more advanced tactics. And so what I'll do is I will put these strength standards directly available for it uh, inside of the show notes and available on YouTube if you want to check them out. But these will give you a really good baseline for where you are. And hey, gang, thanks for staying with me on this one. I'm struggling with that, uh, that dog hair in my eye. But you know what? The show must go on. We talked about being consistent and being adaptable. So you know what? We're going to we're gonna keep pushing on here. Building muscle. 
happens when we directly build strength. A couple things we need to think about, right? When we build muscle, we get stronger. We maximize muscle fiber recruitment. Meaning if we go from a point where we're recruiting, say 50% of our muscle on a particular exercise up to a point where we're doing 70, 75, well, guess what? We can attack more muscle fibers. We can train more muscle fibers and we can fatigue more muscle fibers. So building strength improves muscle fiber recruitment. Improving muscle fiber recruitment allows me to train more muscles or more muscle fibers. When we can train and fatigue more muscle fibers, we can train fatigue and create a muscle building stimulus for more muscle fibers. In addition, when you get stronger, your overall work capacity goes up. So if you go from a place of doing 200 pounds on an exercise for five to doing 200 pounds for 10 reps, that same thing, guess what? You can train with more volume, you can create more progressive overload, and that can set itself be a trigger for building lean muscle. In addition, if we look at the research, we can directly build muscle in beginners and intermediates by focusing primarily on building strength, right? And so a lot of people will jump into advanced level bodybuilding programs and all this crazy shit before they've actually gotten strong. And again, reflect on those strength standards that we talked about before. When reality is if they just take a step back, shut up and get strong, well, guess what? They're gonna build muscle at the same time. Strength and fat loss. This is one area where a lot of people struggle. You see, what the average person does when they want to lose body fat, they say, you know what? I need to burn more calories in my exercise. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take all my workouts and I'm going to make them into a circuit. I'm going to combine multiple exercises. We're going to do higher reps because there's more of a burn. And voila, when that happens, we burn more calories and we lose fat. It doesn't quite work that way. You see, one calorie expenditure during exercise is dramatically, dramatically overestimated, right? I've got an Apple Watch on right here, and I was looking at a study from the University of Stanford, and I looked at all these different smartwatch devices and found the average percentage of error in terms of calorie expenditure was off by 27%. And while looking at all these different popular devices, I'm talking Samsung, Fitbit, Garmin, you know, Apple Watch right here, and one was off by as much as 93%, right? Why I say this is people dramatically overestimate how many calories they burn directly via exercise. Even if they were spot on, it pales in comparison to what you're going to do directly with your diet. So do not train for, with the idea of fat loss and burning calories. It's wildly inaccurate. And frankly, it's not going to serve you. And what we need to think about is if we if we change the way that we train when we want to lose body fat, what does that tell our muscle? It tells our muscle that, you know what, maybe we don't need you. And so what happens if we combine a diet where maybe we're not getting enough protein and our calories are too low, and then we're no longer giving our muscles the stimulus that they need to stay there and build become stronger, we also lose muscle. And so what happens is metabolic rate can decrease. And when we actually get lean, we also have lost muscle and we don't even look nearly as good as what we could. What we need to think about here is we need to keep our training focused on building and maintaining as much strength as we can. What this is going to do, this is going to help make sure that your diet doesn't strip away your hard-earned muscle and strength. It's going to help you stay in a place where we build and or maintain as much lean muscle as possible, which then supports a healthy metabolism. And so when you do get leaner and you strip off that body fat, you look great. And so when you're training for fat loss, you need to keep a key emphasis on building and preserving as much strength as you can. And in many cases, because strength is going to be primarily neurological, meaning it's more focused on your central nervous system than something such as like a hypertrophy focused workout where your reps are going to be a little bit higher, you can still lift heavy. And so a lot of times when focused on fat loss, even, you know, once or twice per week, I'm going to have one key lift where I'm focused on 
85 to 90% of a max where I'm doing a compound exercise. It could be a squat, could be a deadlift, could be a bench press. And so I'll mix in heavy doubles, triples, sets of five, even during phases of fat loss, because that's going to help preserve as much strength as humanly possible, which in turn is going to help preserve as much lean muscle. And so when you get leaner, you have the body that looks, feels, and performs the way that you want instead of losing a ton of lean muscle at the same time. One thing we need to think about when it comes to training for fat loss and the importance of strength for fat loss is this. When you are in a calorie restricted diet, you inherently do not have as many calories to support heavy, high volume training at the same time. And so when it comes to training for fat loss, here's what needs to change. You still need to create an emphasis on strength, but your volume should actually go down a little bit. But you're inversely, some of your heavy strength work, especially on those compound exercises, can go up. And by extension, you're going to hold as much strength as possible. Some people even build strength. You're going to look better in the long run. One thing I will say when it comes to dieting down, losing body fat and see what happens with strength, you will tend to preserve strength in your lower body exercises like a squat and a deadlift, especially your deadlift a lot more effectively than you will things like a bench press and a shoulder press, simply because you're going to have more stability in those exercises. Unfortunately, yes, your bench is likely to go down, even if you're doing everything right, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't. Taking all of this into account, we're talking about shutting up and getting strong so you can build a lean, athletic, and powerful body. How exactly should you train? Right. What I like to focus on here is a couple things. When I'm designing a training program, I like to ensure that we are including something to keep you lean, to keep you powerful, to keep you athletic. Because ultimately, listen, we might not all be athletes, but we want to be able to do cool shit and we don't want to get completely embarrassed if we're playing a pickup game at the Y or frankly, getting beat in a foot race by our kids. I saw a great post the other day. I can't remember who it was from, but this person said, half the reason I train explosively now is so I can strike the fear of God in my kids in a foot race when they're 20, which I absolutely love that idea. Anyway, coming back to where we were, building athleticism. So I like to make sure that we incorporate a jump, throw, or explosive exercise at least once to twice per week. This is going to be something like a box jump. It could be a plyometric push-up. It could be a medicine ball throw. This is going to be the first exercise you do after your warm-up and then before your heavy strength work. We do this for a couple of reasons. First, when we do an explosive exercise like this, we're going to activate our fast twitch muscle fibers. These can be the ones that are most likely to leave us as we get older, and they're also the ones that are most important for athleticism and power. And so if we want to be able to preserve as much athleticism and power as we can, hitting these explosive exercises, again, like a box jump multiple times per week, is going to preserve the integrity and the ability to do that. In addition, that can be crucial because we're going to improve muscle fiber recruitment and help make our next exercises even that much more important. The next component would be focusing on maximum strength. And so what we want to do here is we want to use heavy compound exercises. The word heavy is going to have some nuance and be individual to every single person, but think about sets from two to, to eight reps. You probably don't need to be doing a one rep max, right? But if we're in that two to eight rep area, that's going to help you create high levels of mechanical tension. It's going to fire up your brain and that's going to stimulate the biggest response in your body and build that foundation of strength that we've been talking about, right? And so say one key strength training exercise within each and every single workout. So if we're putting a workout together, it could be box jump and squat, but let's put together a leg day. Next, we want to build muscle, but we want to do so in a classic hypertrophy rep range, right? <clears throat> so we don't want to do 50 15 to 20 reps right away. We want to use a compound exercise and we want to use some heavy weights, but with reps between maybe six to 12. And so when we start to increase the reps, we start to have an increase in what we call metabolic stress. That's what, we, what gives us the pump. It's another key indicator, a key thing that's going to help drive muscle growth. When we have this, we have the combination of still a good high amount of tension with reps between 6 and 12, but we're also going to have more metabolic stress, which can help lead to muscle build. 
muscle growth. If we want to go again, exercise by exercise, let's say we had a box jump. Number two, we had a squat for say four sets of six. And now let's say we have a Romanian deadlifts or torching the hamstrings. We've got three sets of eight to 10 reps, right? And so you can see how this, pro how this is progressing. We're going from explosive, strong muscle building. And now if we want to increase the reps a little bit more and take advantage of some of the volume, guess what? Now we can go more of the rep range, 10 to 15 reps, some kind of classic bodybuilding work. And here you can do either, you know, another high rep compound exercise and or some isolation exercises. And so what we do here, this is going to allow us to train some weak points, build lean muscle, create more tension. And so if we're putting a workout together step by step, here's what we have. And this is how we incorporate all of this stuff together. We hit a warm up, then we have an explosive jump, box jumps three by five. Number two, we've got something like a squat, four by six to eight. Third exercise, we're going to have a Romanian deadlift, three sets of eight to 10. Fourth exercise, we could go a Bulgarian split squat, three sets of 12. Then final exercise we have here, let's say we're doing a little quad focus, maybe you have a leg extension extension, you got three sets of 15, right? And so when you see how that workout is put together, you see where we're building a lot more strength, explosiveness, and making sure we have that strength foundation. It allows you to maximize everything that you're doing that much more effectively. But the bottom line is this. Sometimes we have to shut up and get back to the basics and get strong. A lot of times, it's not that the program isn't working or it's not a good program. It's that we are not following the program that really fits what our level is, and we have to upgrade that level of strength. So my friend, remember that success comes down to the ruthless execution of the basics. And a lot of times we need to simplify what we're doing and really reinforce that foundation. And that's what's going to build the best results and the body that we want long term. Hey, it's Eric here again. Now, there are three ways that I can help you look great naked. Number one, if you want to grab a free copy of the Look Great Naked Protocol to help you lose body fat without counting calories, then go to bachperformance.com backslash free training. Number two, if you're a busy guy looking to build muscle, then I recommend checking out our Minimalist Muscle Blitz, which has helped over 1,000 men build muscle without living in the gym. Just go to minimalistmuscleblitz.com. The link will also be available in the show notes. Or number three, and last, if you want to work with me directly and get the best results possible, apply at bachperformance.com backslash coaching to look great naked without living in the gym. Until next time, my friend.